My name's Stuart Bailey. Welcome to the latest edition of the Hastings Podcast. Today, we're talking to Hastings and Rye MP Sally Ann Hart about her role during the coronavirus crisis. And she'll be telling us why she's pleading with people locally to stay indoors, protect the NHS and save lives. As MP, how do you see your role in this and, and, and what are you doing on a, on, on a day-to-day basis? So my role really is to ensure that every business and individual in Hastings and Rye knows where to get the support that's been offered from the government. So me and my team have been working really hard to answer emails, um, responding to the emails coming in. We've had to deal with people stuck abroad. We've had emails about um, you know their, their jobs, about businesses, whether they can get grants, the loan issues. I've been in touch with banks about the interest rates post interest-free 12 months. So really my role is to ensure that Hastings and Rye people um, know where to access the right services. But also um, I have been um, engaging with um, CCAM, the, CC, the, the Hospital Trust, the CCG, the Resilience Forum, Sussex Resilience Forum, the police, to ensure that um, it's not for me to dictate what goes on, but I'm just asking questions to ensure that the best possible services are made available to Hastings and Rye. And that's very important that people in Hastings and Rye get the best possible services in this crisis. You touched there on, on the business aspect of all of this and lots of small businesses in, in Hastings and Rye who must be, be very worried um, you know, that the business has, has almost sort of come to a complete halt. So you know, Rishi Sunak's support packages must have been welcome relief to, to those people. And, and very, very much so. I mean, we do have the odd business that slipped through the, the boundaries, the, the nets, which is concerning. We've got one or two businesses that are, for example, restaurant based businesses that um, don't have that have business rates below 15,000, but they still have to pay their staff and pay off their suppliers. So that's an issue there. So I've written, obviously, to the Treasury to for them to review that um, the business rate cut off there. Um, we've also got a uh, business that pays uh, more than the 51,000 business rates at the top end. Uh, and that's, they challenge the valuation office so that I've been working on that for that sort of thing. So overall, people have been really pleased with the government response to the support of businesses because at the end of the day, this country, that the small and medium-sized businesses form the backbone of the economy of this country, and we've got to protect them. Because when this country gets back on its feet, health-wise and economically-wise, we've got to ensure that those businesses can hit the ground running and, and lift this country back up economically. Going to the NHS, who are obviously right at the front line of all of this, uh, usually in crisis situations we see the local MP we see politicians you know going in seeing what's going on obviously this time that's not possible so how are you managing to communicate with 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 those people who who are right there at the sharp end every day so we I have had so for example Friday last week I'm going to look at my list of what I did on Friday conference calls with Southeast Coast Ambulance Service Sussex Police 
um, Martin Searle from the Federation of Small Businesses, um, the Sussex Resilience Forum, and I also had um, a call um, this week uh, with the CCG, uh, members of the CCG. So it's just making sure it's keeping that communication going as to what they're doing and what they need me to do as an MP to help give them support, whether it's in pushing for more PPE, that's personal protective equipment, um, for example, an ambulance service. So we, I was on a conference call with CCAM on Friday with Maria Caulfield and Hugh Merriman, and he just, Hugh just been on the phone to Helen Waitley. The ambulance service needed fit fixing liquid, so when they've got the masks, they need to ensure that there's, the liquid tests it. So they were short of that. So Hugh got straight on the phone to Helen Waitley and was asking for them to have that. So it's about constant communication every week with all the support services to ensure that they have what they need to deliver the services for the people um, in East Sussex, in Hastings and Rye. And a huge effort as well from the voluntary sector, as you know, Hastings yes. action. <laughs> there's lots going on there. So it's everyone's pulling together, I suppose. And so there are, so there's Rother District Council and Hastings Borough Council have set up community hubs and they're sort of the sort of contact point for volunteer groups so uh, it's that sort of umbrella that helps the volunteer groups um, so people can access the, volu the, the volunteer groups they can also access the hubs if they need medication or shopping delivered and the hubs can then direct the volunteers out to help those people that need the help so the whole system as far as I can see and from what people tell me is working really well that the, the local authorities have worked really hard the volunteer groups are amazing I mean I always knew that people at the end of the day would pull together on this and they really have I am so thrilled with people in Hastings and Rye. We've got Rye Mutual Aid, we've got the Heart in Hastings, and it's very, very impressive. The food banks as well have been absolutely amazing. Um, so they've been really working very hard. And all these people, the volunteers, people working at the food banks, they are not NHS workers, but they are actually working very hard to help local people, and, and they're taking a risk. Yep. Everyone who's out there is taking a risk, who are engaging face-to-face -face with people. Which I suppose then brings us to the message from Sussex Police, which was issued this morning. And mm. We published a story on the website first thing this morning, basically saying, it's Easter weekend, the weather looks as if it might be quite good, but stay indoors, that saves lives. Um, so that, that's the other message, if you don't need to go out, don't. Don't. And I think that's one of the things before last weekend, we were all very worried following the conversation with Sussex police. All the MPs had seen a bit of an increase in traffic and people from Wednesday onwards. And we were really worried about the good weather forecast last weekend. So we all agreed that we'd have major social media campaigns out to, you know, to stay to people, stay at home, don't go to the beaches you know, don't go take your car to go out for a walk in the countryside because we need people to stay at home in order to protect the NHS workers and save lives. Because if we overload the NHS, they'll be completely overwhelmed and we'll lose more lives than we need to. Yeah. Yeah. And so this weekend, um, again, it's Easter weekend, we will all be having social media campaigns uh, about, you know, pleading with people not 
to go out to the beaches, to stay at home. We really need, and it's just as important this weekend. I know people are thinking that they've had the, the, self, the, the isolation bit uh, for nearly three weeks. And I know there's a review today, COBRA are sitting down and having a look at um, whether they're going to lift the restrictions and listening to Oliver Dowden this morning. You know, most other European countries have had to extend their lockdowns. And so why would Britain be any different? So I know we're near the end of the three week lockdown, but it is more important now. We haven't reached the peak in Sussex yet for coronavirus. And um, if we overload the NHS, they will fail to cope. And that's what we've got to be really careful. As I say, Sussex Police issued that message this, this morning. The, yes. The police officers, in some respect, perhaps not being uh, recognised as such in, in many ways, but equally on the front line in terms of making sure that, you know, people aren't gathering in groups, that you know, the dispersal work, they're just making sure people are doing what they're being asked to do. You know, they're being asked to do something. You know, then we haven't had major legislation. Yes, we've had major, we've had legislation, but people, it's a consent model basis rather than forcing people uh, to stay at home. And, but if those people who aren't following, they might actually end up ruining it for everybody else. I mean, you know, we might have to take stricter measures if people don't comply. And the whole point about Sussex Police is that it's a consent model. Um, they don't talk about it as enforcement. They talk it as, as a, a four-stage process of engaging with people who are there uh, and explaining why they shouldn't be out in a group or um, going out too much. Because it, it's about protecting the NHS. It's about protecting the capacity of the NHS. And, of course, then they can encourage people to break up to go home to stay at home but at the end of the day enforcement might have to be used as a last resort so they're not heavy-handed about it and I think our police are doing an incredible job out there it's not easy for them um, people don't want police to break up you know they've had people sunbathing on the beach they've had to tell them to go home they've had groups out and I think it's hard for the police um, but actually they're doing a fantastic job and they are key workers they're on the front line too engaging with people they've even been spat at by people saying they've got coronavirus and they're spat at and it's actually quite disgusting sometimes so I think our police are doing an amazing job and I thank them for that and I'm sure all people in Hastings and Rye are very appreciative of the, of the work they're doing to keep people safe and to keep our NHS safe Yes, which is the important thing. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose we can't have this discussion without touching on the condition of the Prime Minister. Um, and I know, obviously, you, you, I suspect the information you get won't be terribly dissimilar to, to that which comes out to the public. But on a wider issue, the press are almost making out that the absence of the Prime Minister is a crisis in itself. Um, but how does government go on um, if the Prime Minister is not at the helm? Well, there are the whole system in place, the cabinet system, the civil service, all those people that advise the cabinet and the Prime Minister every single day, that all continues. We've got Dominic Raab, who's taken over from the Prime Minister at the moment. And I can't see it. I mean, the only thing is a problem, of course, is we want um, the Prime Minister to get better as soon as possible, but there will be a period of time for him to recuperate afterwards because it is a nasty virus. But the govern governing of the country carries on. 
And I think sometimes when I've, I mean, I have to say I haven't had much time to look at the press. It's been incredibly busy. But I think sometimes we need to focus on the positives rather than scaremongering people. There is absolutely no reason why this country cannot be governed when the Prime Minister is ill um, for a couple of weeks, for three weeks, for four weeks, however long it takes for him to get better properly. The, the country carries on. Keep calm and carry on. I've also noticed on social media just over the last couple of days, quite a number of people, you know, not in any positions of, of authority or power, but just you know, the public in general, seem to be losing the patience with the, the press slightly because they see it as being very negative. And if, if you watch the evening news, for example, um, it is very, it, they, they seem to focus in on every negative story. And you know, one of the chief medical officers last night was was say that there's some good news because we were flattening the curve yeah which is what we were hoping to do with the lockdown but that seems to have got very little traction in the press at all well to be honest Stuart I mean I know, I know you're a member of the press so forgive me for saying this but good news stories don't always generate as much um, interest as uh, scare stories or scaremongering so yes we've got a nasty virus yes we need people to stay at home yes we need to protect our NHS but actually if people you know fulfill the duty that they are all meant to do um, we will squash the curve and it will squash and we can get back to normal more quickly and I think at the end of the day there are some amazing good news stories out there I mean even in Hastings and Rye I've got some fantastic ones you know people being repatriated a newborn baby being repatriated there are some great stories but it's personal to people but also you know it's it's not as exciting as some scare story is it yeah yeah very very true um as we said at the outset, coronavirus is kind of the only story in town at the moment. And your maiden speech in the House <laughs> of Commons now kind of seems a little ancient history. But um, yes. how did you feel that was received? I think it was, uh, I, I, I put a lot of thought into it and I didn't want to make it too serious, but I wanted to highlight the issues in Hastings and Rye. Um, but also what an amazing constituency it is and what amazing people there are there. And I think it was well received. We've got some, we had some good feedback. I raised a chuckle in the House of Commons when I said it, which was good. You always have to have a joke, apparently. But I just had to run past the, the use of the word arse, <laughs> past the speaker, <laughs> to make sure that I wasn't chastised uh, for swearing in the House of Commons or using inappropriate language. That's Amber Rudd's Seaside Express, by the way. <laughs> um, and you, you have been, since you've been elected, been, if you excuse the phrase, putting yourself about a bit. I mean, you, <laughs> lots, lots, lots of photographs, lots of meetings, which is kind of what you said you were going to do at the yes. end. Yes. Um, I mean, I wanted to hit the, I've got a great team and um, I wanted to hit the ground running and get as much done as possible because, you know, people want to see a, an MP who's working hard for them, uh, which is what I have done from the very beginning. Obviously, at the moment, I'm focusing on coronavirus issues and trying to make sure that people uh, know where to get the right help and answering emails and things like that. But once this is all over and done with, um, we can get back to the normal work of delivering for Hastings and Rye. I am hugely disappointed that this um, 
virus, this global pandemic, has affected us the way it has done. Um, it's, it's devastating for people, it's devastating for a lot of businesses, and we've got to work really hard uh, in, in order to ensure that we can deliver on the policies that we set out in the manifesto, which is levelling up, investing in transport infrastructure, education, schools, hospitals. It's really important that we continue to try and do that. A bit more difficult, I have to say, it's going to be a bit more difficult, but we've still got to just have that determination to do that, particularly in Hastings and Rye. Which comes back to your maiden speech, which is spoke about exploiting opportunities. So Yes, and it's really important that grab them all. Exactly. Well, Sarah, thank you for taking time out of your schedule today. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> um, and perhaps we can do this again a couple of weeks' time. Just under, Definitely. Okay, I'd love to. The Hastings Podcast is a Hastings and Focus production.